Hey, podcast family. Yes, we're back with another episode, even, even on Super Bowl Sunday. And even though we were away from our hometown this weekend because we went to Trinity University to go see our freshman daughter, who's absolutely killing it there at Trinity, I have to say. She loves it. She has great friends. I'm so proud of her. But even on Super Bowl weekend, truth is, I really don't care about the Super Bowl. I know that's heresy. I know that's heresy in Texas because football is king. But meh. I mean, I'm, I'm likely going to watch it, at least a halftime show, because you got to watch the halftime show. Because if not, everyone's going to be talking about it on Monday. And if I say I didn't see it, I'll be ostracized. So at least I'll see the halftime show. And I'll see just enough to be able to hold a conversation. But yes, even on Super Bowl Sunday, and even though we were away for the weekend for our mini vacation... I wanted to get this episode up and out because, listen to this, just on Saturday, and I'm talking about on February the 10th, 2024, and as point of reference, we're taping this on Super Bowl Sunday, February the 11th, 2024, a new publication came out ahead of print in the Green Journal, all right? This title is Late Preterm Antenatal Steroids for Reduction of Neonatal Respiratory Complications, in RCT. Now, why I wanted to get this up and out super quick, number one, is because it's true to our mission to let you know what's fresh and hot off the press almost as fast as it comes out. So we're doing this 24 hours later. But number two, it's right off the heels of an episode that we did just last week. Remember that we did an episode on the uncertainty of the benefit, the uh, uh, risk-benefit ratio of late preterm, early-term steroids because the data is really kind of flipped upside down showing it may be more harmful than good in the late preterm, early-term interval after 34 weeks. So you got to go back and listen to that episode just last week. And now, just 24 hours when it was first released ahead of print, I'm going to read you these results of this RCT, and you're going to see why, really, this is another nail being hammered into the coffin of late preterm steroids. I mean, the data just keeps hammering and hammering these late preterm steroid administration into the ground. No wonder, as we said last week, there's this push for ACOG and SMFM to revise its recommendation of shared decision-making of steroids between 34 and 36 weeks and 6 days. It's crazy what's out there. So, listen to this episode. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. You'll probably be listening to this after the game. We probably will have a victor already. I'm going to tell you who the victor is. It's going to be one of the two teams. How about that? How's that for a prediction? One of the two teams will be victorious. That tells you how much I care about football. Alright, guys. Let's jump into this episode. More data. Another nail into the coffin of late preterm steroids. Here we go. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practice because medicine moves real fast. This is Clinical Pearls. I want you to see just how dedicated we are. Now, it's not that much of a big deal because nobody on my team really is like enamored with football. I know we're in Texas. It's a big deal. But I guess, really, since we're taping this on Super Bowl Sunday, we should pay homage to the game. So here you go. All right, all right, all right. Let's cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. Calm down, calm down. 
I really don't care about this. And I, I, I just don't. Is that terrible? Am I un-American for saying that? I mean, I just don't care. Oh, my goodness. All right. I know. I, if I lose some fans because uh, I just stated, stated that I don't really care about Super Bowl, well, then that's fine. I will get over it. I'm sure you will as well. But back to our data. <laughs> Let's get back to this issue of late preterm steroids, because honestly, it is super interesting how this data moves. I mean, it's a whole tagline of our podcast, right? Evidence moves fast. So uh, I, this here's how all this worked out. We went to San Antonio to go see my daughter. So it was our mini vacay. And, you know, as I've said many times before, this was late at night. Your family's kind of, they're getting ready for bed. Uh, we have a little suite that we always get when, when we visit. And so I'm in the little living room area of our little hotel suite. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Look at this new data. And I get all fired up uh, because I saw this new RCT that had just come out. Again, published ahead of print in obstetrics and gynecology, the Green Journal. And of course, my wife, and the, first of all, I got to tell you that my family is so great. They're super graceful. They know that my little happy place is reading my articles and it, it just makes me happy. That's my little uh, escape as well, as long as I'm with them. Uh, everything's good. But my wife is like, look, you need to just relax. Just can you just relax and enjoy your little mini vacation? Ah, so to which I quickly responded. Come on, vacation. Yep, that was my response. Look, I'm on vacation. This is how I vacate. This is how I vacation. This is how I relax. <laughs> I read my articles. Uh, and of course, I just remembered about that movie, What About Bob? It had to be, what, late 90s, I guess? I don't remember, but hilarious. Uh, Bill Murray. Uh, and that was his psychiatrist's response when they tell him, hey, relax, you need to take a vacation. To which he said, of course, I am on vacation. Okay, now that we've totally totally delayed what I'm trying to do here. Let's get into this new data, which honestly just proves that late preterm steroids and early term really is on a downward spiral here, guys. I mean, the data is not looking good for it. I mean, it looks like it looks like it's about to crash and burn. All right, everyone, just to be clear, remember, this is not about steroid administration for when there's maximal benefit and nobody questions it, which is between 24 and uh, 33 weeks and six days, right? 24 to 34 weeks. And then remember in that last episode, we talked about moving it down potentially with shared decision making down to 22 and zero, uh, but not further down because there's no benefit at that extreme periviable gestational age. No, 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 no. This has to do with the other extreme, not at the very extreme periviable gestational age, just the opposite, down the road, down EGA's timeline with late preterm and early term delivery. You got to go back and listen to that episode if you didn't, because there we reviewed a recent commentary that is calling on ACOG and SMFM to say, look, I, I understand that right now with shared decision making, that the benefit seems to be just in a little bit of reduction of some minor respiratory complications, but there's long-term potential issues here, especially how steroids affect the developing brain, okay? And especially so if given, and then those children go on to term, that genetic imprinting and true physical changes to the brain um, may have adverse sequelae going forward, all right? So there is this kind of controversy that has walked back the ALPS trial. Well, that brings us to the new publication in the Green Journal. Again, that has not officially come out yet, but it was released ahead of print 
coming out, honestly, just, what, 24, maybe 48 hours ago. I think, when was it? Let's hold on. This came out February the 8th. February the 8th. We're taping this on February the 11th. So, sorry guys. I said it was within 24 hours. All right. Sorry. It's within 48 to 72 hours. Hey, I'm trying to get to this as fast as I can. I was away. Sorry. I was visiting my daughter. Cut me some slack. All right. So, this came out on February the 8th, 2024. And we're taping this on February the 11th, 2024. I'm still getting it in pretty darn fast, okay? So I don't want anybody sending me an email because people are weird. You said it came out 24 hours ago. It actually came out on February the 8th. I was visiting my family and my daughter comes first. So when I read this, which was just yesterday on the 10th, um, I wanted to get it out as soon as I could, all right? So is everybody good? This came out on February the 8th, 2024, and I'm taping this on February the 11th. All right, fine. This is a randomized controlled trial. It was triple-blinded, which means that the person administering the medication, the investigators, and the patient, uh, none of them, none of those three arms knew what was going on. Right? They didn't know what the medications were. And uh, this is nothing new. It really shouldn't be this shocking because other published data has not been able to replicate uh, the ALPS trial. Okay. Now, I want to be very clear. No one, no, ACOG has not called to stop this practice in the late preterm, early term delivery. SMFM has not called to stop that practice. We covered all this in that last episode. And, and I, I definitely don't want it to seem like I'm telling you not to do it. That's not, that's not what I'm doing. I don't like to do it. I don't believe the data is there. I think there's a lot more questions than benefit. We know the data that this potentially could be harmful, especially if the child goes to term. In in my practice, I don't like doing late preterm steroids unless there's some really pushing reason, all right? So that's just me. So you do you. So brother, if you want to give it, knock yourself out. Call it says it's shared decision-making and document, document, document. Uh, you do you. Okay, the college does recognize this as an option, although other professional societies have have already pulled this plug and I've covered this in the last episode. Okay, so this is not the first one that shows that the the benefit of late preterm steroids of minor reductions in respiratory issues is a small gain with potentially uh, some higher risks. Okay, so what we we, again, we covered that already. I just want to give you this new publication, let you know just the highlights uh, and then let you decide. Okay, but what timing is that? Okay, within five or six days of our last episode, this comes out uh, ahead of print in the Green Journal. Now, this study did not make it to its end. Okay, so when these when these researchers started doing this analysis, the interim analysis from the data monitoring uh, safety board, okay, which every clinical trial has, uh, the data uh, and safety monitoring board pulled a plug because they're like, "Look, this is futile. Uh, we're not seeing any any uh, net benefit here." Uh, there's potentially some some adverse issues. So we're just going to stop this and, and not proceed. So let me go over this. Now that we've set the stage, we're going to tell you the objective, the methods, the quick results here, uh, and of course, their conclusions. And as we said in the intro, why this sounds like another nail in the coffin for late preterm, early term steroids. Okay, so let's finish this up because if I don't see some part of the Super Bowl with my family, they're going to change the locks on the house. So very quickly, this was a single center. As I've already mentioned, it was a triple blind, randomized, placebo controlled trial out of southern India. Okay, very easy. Let's see 
if the ALPS trial data can be replicated. That's it. We're going to give steroids between 34 and 36 weeks and six days. Uh, and we're going to give betamethasone or a placebo and see what happens. Super easy, just like ALPS trial. The primary outcome was a composite of treatment for respiratory distress in the neonate. That was defined as a need for oxygen or a continuous positive airway pressure or mechanical ventilation for at least two hours in the first 72 hours of life. Very similar to uh, to the ALPS trial. This took place from March 2020 to August 2022, where 423 patients were randomized to betamethasone and 424 patients were randomized to placebo. Of course, this was done uh, to meet an 80% power to detect a 30% reduction in the state of respiratory distress for the newborn. Very easy, right? So here's what they found. Before we dive into the results, if you're thinking, well, was this multi-center or single-center? No, no, no. This was single-center. I wish it was multi-center, but it doesn't distract from a pretty good design here where everybody was blinded, okay? So the person administrating the medication, the patient, and the uh, investigators, nobody knew uh, what the patient received until after the final outcome uh, was done, all right? So there was triple-blinded, and again, the EGAs were 34 to 36 weeks and 6 days. All right, everyone, here it is. The primary composite outcome of treatment for a respiratory distress in the neonate occurred in 4.9% in the steroid group and 4.8% in the placebo group. That's a p-value of 0.930. Yeah, the rate was not different by beta-methasone exposure. And when stratified into groups according to gestational age at randomization, there was still no statistically significant difference in the primary outcome between groups. So it didn't seem to do much, but thankfully, while the benefit wasn't there, the harm wasn't there either, at least in the short term. Remember, most of the harms, most of the concerns are with long-term neurodevelopmental issues. But in this study, just like with ALPS, there was no statistically significant difference in maternal outcomes like choreo or postpartum hemorrhage, puberal fever, or length of hospitalization. So that's good. It didn't have any negative short-term effects for the mother. But when this study was going through its interim uh, analysis, its review, that they cut it off before it ended because they call this a, 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 an experiment in futility. Here is the reason why the study was stopped prematurely in the author's own words, quote, At the time of the interim analysis, the study drug group had a 0.1% higher proportion of the primary outcome. Remember, higher proportion is exactly the opposite of what they thought they'd find. They thought it would be a lower proportion because the primary outcome was respiratory distress. So it had a 0.1% higher proportion of the primary outcome than the placebo group. And they account for a potential statistics error, okay? They go on to say, quote, according to this interim analysis, the estimated potential for beta error was low. So having all of this information looked at strategically and statistically, quote, therefore, continuing the study was considered futile. The study was closed early after a critical review by the IRB and the Data Safety Monitoring Board for Futility and to prevent potential harm, end quote. So there you have it. They stopped it early because they're like, not only are we not finding a reduction, it was a 0.1% increase. Now, that wasn't expected. That's probably chance. No one is saying that the steroids caused those issues. The point is, it, it didn't have 
the results that the ALPS trial found. So in conclusion, the authors stated, quote, Beta-methasone administration in the late preterm period to those at risk for preterm delivery did not reduce the need for treatment of neonatal respiratory distress, end quote. So, again, is this going to be the anchor that's going to stop the ship in in mid-cruise? I don't think so. But it's one more nail, guys, as we've said in the intro, one more nail that's that's being put into the coffin of steroids in the late preterm, early term interval. It really is causing a lot of controversy. It's causing a lot of rough waters here because if the potential is just short-term respiratory issues, meh, I mean, it seems to be that the potential for harm with neurodevelopmental issues and the stunting of neuronal uh, myelination uh, in that late preterm interval, we talk about the anatomy in the other episode, there's just really something to consider here before we give this out willy-nilly. Again, many societies have already pulled away from this. Other reports have also not been able to replicate the findings of the ALPS trial. As these authors say in their conclusion, it's not like people are picking on the ALPS trial because listen to this. This is very interesting. Even before ALPS was released, okay, back in, hold on, let me get this date right because I it just, my page just went away. Back in 2011, and this is in this new publication out of BMJ, right, British Medical Journal, a, a, a fantastic uh, a medical uh, a source of information. In 2011, this predates ALPS, there was a, a separate randomized triple-blind clinical trial by Porto, okay, P-O-R-T-O, Porto, that was out of Brazil. 2011. This is before ALPS, all right? So in this Porto study, in the Porto trial, which was triple-blind RCT, they found no reduction in neonatal respiratory morbidity among those who received betamethasone in the late preterm interval. This was out of Brazil. So it's not like people are now, oh, we're, we're, let's, we're, we smell blood in the water, let's go after the ALPS trial. Because Porto said this is not even worth it before ALPS was a thing. Just lets you know, again, how controversial some things are in medicine. And yes, there's a science and then it's part of the art. But this is nothing new. This The Porto publication out of BMJ 2011 predated ALPS. So we have Porto, a lot of other publications, of course. We have ALPS trial. Everybody jumped on board. And now it's kind of coming back what Porto tried to tell us back in 2011, that steroids, specifically in that study, betamethasone, in the late preterm interval did not seem to have any measurable statistical or clinical benefit in neonatal respiratory morbidity. I'm not telling you what to do or not do. I'm just letting the data decide but it's interesting that there are calls towards the college and SMFM to kind of change direction, to, to, to make the, the, the wording part of shared decision making a little firmer to say the data really is just not there. But will that happen? I don't know. We have to wait and see. But again, nobody's questioning that the key time, the pivotal time for steroids, which was between 24 weeks and 36 weeks and six days or 34 weeks and zero. Okay, that's a whole separate issue. So I just thought that this was interesting. This is actually not what I was supposed to do. Our next scheduled podcast was supposed to be what to do with a liquid-based cytology that detects, quote, herpes-like changes, end quote, and to the cells. Uh, and then would you or would you not treat trichomoniasis that's found on liquid-based PAP? 
because uh, it's real world stuff. And we've gotten some of these questions that have come in um, in kind of little clusters over over the last several weeks asking about these very things. So I was going to do that and we may still do that as our next episode or kick it off based on whatever else is new in print. But I wanted to get this out as soon as possible because it is just off the heels of our most recent episode just done last week. Anyway, now that we've wrapped up, I know this is super short. I just wanted to put this study out there again. The title is Late Preterm Antipartum. I'm sorry, Late Preterm Antenatal Steroids for Reduction of Neonatal Respiratory Complications, an RCT from the Green Journal. Uh, and the first listed author is Hilda Yanuberry. That's Hilda Yanuberry. All right, podcast family, that's right. Not even Super Bowl Sunday can stop us from getting this podcast up and out. <laughs> All right, I guess I better get back to the game or else my team's going to kill me. And not to mention, my family will likely kill me as well. All right, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday and we'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.